This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And you, uh, if you joined us last week, uh, you got to hear an interview with our founder, Rocky Fleming, and uh, Pete McKenzie, our Regional Director from Orange County. And these guys are back for part, part two of the interview. So welcome, guys. Thank you. It's been a week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we got to hear a little bit of the background of your relationship and the stories of how you guys got started, and which is great to hear kind of how God was fanning both your flames and you guys were helping each other maybe figure some things out that, that we're enjoying now today <laughs> in the curriculum. So uh, yeah. well, I, I wanted to dive back in, and uh, the thing I'm thinking about is a couple things. But first of all, you said something earlier about uh, most men don't have a best friend. I heard heard you say that, Pete, and I think that's probably true today. Uh, most men are oh, kind of lonely sure. out there as far for as sure. when they're young, they have best friends, whatever, and they get married and all that. They they don't. Um, so what what do you guys see as far as men go? You know, men back then, you know, back when you guys were growing up and developing into manhood versus men today. There's It's a different world we live in with media and, you know, culture that we live in today versus back then. But but probably the core needs of men are probably still the same, oh, yeah. right, for That's a savior right. and for, you know. But but describe a little bit about what you've seen through the years. And, and let's say, just call it men's ministry. We know our ministries develop beyond men because uh, God wants it to reach women and other people. But as far as men go, what how do you think things have evolved with men's ministry? You know, whoever wants to jump in. Yeah, yeah um, there's an evolution of the family, for instance, in a, in a culture, which is true for any culture. Starts out with what they call <clears throat> trustee family, and everything revolves around the family. And the man is looked to as a leader, the shepherd, you know, the the one that keeps everything steady and on target, initiator. Um, and that was true in those days. Um, big time and uh, then you get to another period in in the evolution where the family was all that mattered but now right after World War II in our country I think and you got the boomer generation being born um, it, the individual and the family were both important but that gave way later to the what they call the atomistic family. And the atomistic family is little pieces flying apart in all directions. The men back in the trustee in uh, the other period, um, they were not as distracted. They weren't wondering, who am I? They weren't wondering, what am I supposed to be as a man? Now, a lot of them bought into a man code that didn't serve them well mm-hmm. as men. And I think the fruit of that is being born now in our culture today. Um, but today, men, if you were the devil, and the, the Southern Baptists did a, did a survey, and you knew this survey was true. And the survey was a um, study. The study <clears throat> was if uh, they found that if a child, if you lead a child to Christ, 3.5% of the families will follow him in the faith. If you lead a mom to Christ, it's 17%. If you lead a dad to Christ, it's 92% will follow him in the faith. Now, if you were the devil, what would you do? Attack that guy. Mm-hmm. They did a survey on the street on the street of just the average guy on the street a few years ago, 
and they found three things. They found that men feel emasculated. They feel like women are running everything, and they don't know what their role is anymore in the culture. So men are just facing different struggles today in identity. They face different struggles today in, in knowing who they are, They're, especially the earlier generations, the younger generations today. Um, guys are really struggling with that. And you see it in all facets of culture today as far as degrading. And, you know, William Bennett wrote a book called The Man Book. Mm-hmm. I heard him interviewed on the radio, and the first thing out of his mouth, he says, men have been marginalized in our culture today. Mm. Marginalized means relegated to a place of dishonor and disrespect in a culture, family, or society. Yeah, I'm thinking of like a lot of the sitcoms that are the comedies anyway. They make the man, the dad look out to be the buffoon. You know, exactly. He's not running anything. Kids are smart. Yeah. Women are smart. Dad's not so yeah. smart. Yeah, you just see that. That's right. Yeah, and so we're we're facing that today with guys. So they're having an identity crisis and issue as a general rule. Um. But uh, I think that that makes it more difficult on guys. Um, and they find their identity in an old man code that, doesn't, as I said earlier, does not serve them well. You know, because men are always, I've got to stand on my own. I don't need anybody's help. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I, I don't, can't tell anybody I have a need or I need help or I'm afraid. Or, I don't know. Even I love you is a struggle. Mm-hmm. for guys in the old man code. And so it puts guys out on an island. Mm-hmm. And I remember one guy, Paul Tournier, wrote a book called Understanding Each Other about relationships. And he said, um, their wife said to him in a counseling session, my husband's an island, and I'm circling around trying to find where to land so I could get to know, know him and know mm-hmm. the island. Mm-hmm. She said, but I can't find a place to land. And that's what it's done with guys, that old man code, if you buy into that. So what we're trying to do is get them into a more biblical, Christ-centered man code. Rocky, what would you say? Well, I've listened to all this and and certainly in agreement with the observations. And and I thought about about the the core needs. You're talking about the core needs of men. They've always been the same. But the core needs of mankind, uh, no matter what culture uh, that we have gone to, have been the same. And that is that all of mankind is, whether he be male or female, is uh, is dying for a restored relationship with our Creator. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're on the outside of that, then man or woman, boy or girl, we're going to always be struggling with our identity because you know we're going to be we'll have identity based on the world's code. Now you're talking about. Um, the troubles that we see with men today. I think, uh, honestly, I think man has always been in trouble in this country as long as I've known him. Because I told you a while ago, there we had no mentors. Uh, well, I tell me to tell you something else. We didn't have fathers that rarely told us they love us. That's right. Uh, did they love us? Yes. And the way they loved us, they went out and earned a living. But they were not spiritual leaders. A lot of them went to church, and they would pray in church, but and they'd serve in church, but they were really not spiritual leaders. I didn't see any. They were rare. There seemed to be uh, a code of ethics which reflected the country at that time. We had Judeo-Christian principles that pretty well led the country, so you had a right and wrong, and you knew what was right and wrong. Today, you don't know what's right and wrong. It's great. In fact, they tell you right is wrong. And wrong is right. 
And so there, there's our identity crisis. It's not just man, it's mankind that's going on because this, this country is invaded by the evil that's breaking up families. Boys, little boys and little girls, but little boys especially, are growing up without fathers. You know, half of every uh, uh, of every marriage ends in divorce, and the majority of the children live with the mom. Mm-hmm. The father's not even in their life. A lot of them just walk out and leave because it happened with them. Mm-hmm. And it's because they don't feel love, they don't give love. And so that's the bad news. But the good news is I'm seeing more mentors and more godly men that are being raised up in this day and time than I did all of those years when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Those guys played the part. But these guys are the part. And well, so I'm excited about what I'm seeing, especially with our guys. We're seeing amazing well, and you know, examples. I, you know, I always talk about promise keepers because I do think God used that in a major way to raise up, awaken yeah. a bunch of men yeah. and help them realize. The sleeping giant. Yeah, you need to be the spiritual leaders. And, and now they didn't know how to teach them beyond the conferences as much, you know, and that's where I think influencers has come in and other things, you know, but uh, to help them. But uh, well, we restore their identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, their identity is their sons of God. Mm-hmm. And when you say son of God, you're also talking about a woman who is the same as a son of God, daughter of God, whatever, but it's still the same. Mm-hmm. And that is a child of God. Mm-hmm. And when we began to understand that we're members of the royal priesthood, uh, join heirs with Jesus Christ, then we become missional. And so obviously we have to we have to remind these guys all the time, if you believe in Jesus, if he is in your life, then go all the way with it. Don't just be on the edge. Mm-hmm. Step all the way into that relationship you have. And that's probably one of the biggest things we have going on in the church right now, especially men, it's a tug of war. They hold one hand onto the world and one hand onto God and say they believe in God. They want to go with him, but they won't, they won't release that hand on the world. Mm-hmm. Until they release that and they're all in, they're really never going to find that true identity that he wants to give them. Mm-hmm. There's the struggle. Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's surely that. And there's the struggle, uh, as Rocky said, about identity. And there's a struggle about finding yourself. Um, and the guy said, I'm on a, on a mission to find myself. I said, well, then you're going to have a tears at the end of it then because mm-hmm. you need to find Christ, yeah. not yourself. There's such an emphasis today on that. Mm-hmm. And guys didn't used to wonder. Everybody saluted the flag when it came by. Everybody loved America. You know, we went by the rules. Uh, we'd fight for our country and die for our country. And... Um, those things have changed a lot today, as we've seen our culture pretty much starting to disintegrate before our very eyes. But it's like there's no absolutes anymore. Well, yeah. there's, there's actually there's a historical fact that it's uh, if you track it, you'll see that uh, back before the '60s that America operated under Judeo-Christian principles of absolute truth, mm-hmm. uh, and this is where the black and the white, the, the the right and the wrong, was there. They had a clear distinction. And everything from the way they did business to marketing to dealing with customers to, I mean, integrity was highlighted as a, as a great, wonderful thing. Then in the 60s, there was a guy who wrote a book, Situational Ethics, and then that got into the marketplace thinking. And then Situational Ethics basically says that if it serves the bottom line, it's okay to lie, cheat, steal. Mm-hmm. 
And so what happened, as an example, was the American automobile industry. They began adopting situational ethics, that is, get the car out there, planned obsolescence because you can have more sales, stock goes up, bottom lines are good. But their cars started falling apart, and guess what happened? The German cars came in, the Japanese cars came in, they lost their market. So we've seen that. We see America's productivity. We see the morality go down. We see the breakup of the family. We see so many disintegration of values because of little thing called situational ethics. It began there and it's continuing on until we get back to the principles of Judeo-Christian principles that lead us not only in our families and our home, but our business, our relationships. If we do it the way the Lord has shown us to do it, then our life will be under his leadership, and that leads to blessings. Well, and I'm thinking what you said, Pete, about guys are trying to find themselves. It reminds me of Ecclesiastes, you know, when Solomon was trying everything, trying pleasure, trying riches, trying, you know. And that's the culture we live in says, be be who you are. Doesn't, nothing matters. You know, do whatever you want to do. Doesn't matter. You know, well, that started when Rocky and I were in college. Oh, yeah. And um, it started free with love. God is dead, Sex. free love. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, Sexual revolution. Whatever. Don't let anybody tell you how to live your life. You be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, do it for yourself. And all this self stuff started coming in then. Yeah. And, you know, you can't have a relationship if, you, if you're in it for yourself. Yeah. Because yeah. sooner or later, it's going to just really break up. Because And today, we're telling them it's right to do that rather than destructive to do that. Well, and if they read Ecclesiastes, Solomon has a conclusion. Everything's meaningless yeah. apart from the relationship with Christ. Exactly. That's what he's trying to say. Well, I want to shift gears real quick, guys, because uh, I wanted to just seize the opportunity to have you guys together. One thing I, I, that inspires me is that you guys are both in your 70s, and uh, there's no such thing as retirement. You know, when I was young, I thought you retire at 65, and, and then you just do whatever you want the rest of your life. You know, travel the country, sit on a beach, whatever. Um, I just thought that's what everybody did or what you're supposed to do. But I've, I've, you guys you guys, and other guys like you in our ministry and all that have, have inspired me that uh, the real life is, is serving him and there's no need for sitting on a beach or whatever. That would be that would be boring. That would be a use a waste a waste of life. But uh, so yeah, I guess the question is: so why why in you guys' life is there no retirement? I mean, why why for you guys? Why is there no retirement? Well, I think first let's establish this: it, it's okay to retire. Okay, it's not it, nothing in the Bible that says you should, but there's nothing that says you shouldn't. Right. Now, ministry, you can be retired in ministry or you can not be retired in ministry. You could be still working your job. And uh, and whether you're retired or not, you're committed to Jesus Christ. And, and I find that we in our ministry in Orange County, we have so many retired guys. They're the guys that are going into nursing homes. They're teaching Bible studies there. They're leading small groups and journey groups. They're, they're, they're just involved in ministry in their churches. Retirement just means they don't need a paycheck anymore. Yeah, and it means they have more time to serve the Lord. And that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to help guys focus, regardless of what your status is in that regard, to serve the Lord right there where you you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I think the tragedy is to enter into a meaningless life. And, you know, a, a businessman or a professional person or anybody who's working prior to what you call the retirement day, uh, saw their life, uh, they identified with their work, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And they valued themselves based on that work. And if they were successful in it, then they felt that 
that they were of great value and then were retired, they lost their value because they no longer could value themselves based on their productivity. And they enter into a meaningless time of, of life and, and it's just really a difficult, very difficult time for them. And, and what I'm saying to them is it doesn't have to be meaningless. If you're a Christian and God's given you the freedom now not to have the financial worries of having to go to work, you don't have those responsibility, then why not reinvest your life in something that is meaningful? And there's nothing more meaningful than to be a part of the kingdom work mm-hmm. in whatever means that you're gifted for. And each person has their own gifts. Now, I wouldn't expect them to do what I do. Uh, or what Pete does, and you know that's not that's not what we're asking. We're not asking for anybody to step up and do these things. But I would say that yield themselves to the leadership of the Lord, the Spirit, and let Him redefine uh, what their life is to be about. Uh, their identity is always going to be best when they identified with Christ, and their and their their work is going to be best when they are doing the work of Christ for Christ with Christ. You know, there's an older man in his late 70s in, in one of my journey groups, and uh, he he was kind of looking at life as just going to church, just trying to stay healthy, him and his wife, try to stay out of the hospital, but really didn't watching his friends die. And and life, I could tell life didn't have a whole lot of meaning, but but now he's decided he wants to be a disciple maker. Mm-hmm. And, and he has a new fervor for life and excitement, yeah. wanting to go make disciples now. Well, we're given... Uh, a, we're given an admonition by the Lord in John 15 that he wants us to bear a fruit, a fruit that would remain. Mm-hmm. And so and you could also say a fruit that would abide. He says, abide in me and you'll bear fruit, and I want you to bear fruit that will abide. In other words, continue going. Uh, and this is, this is the, the legacy aspect of a, of a man or woman's life that's been reinvested in another person, and that life continues on. And then that life reinvests in another person, and that life continues on. And the things that we reinvest in a person is not how to live life by the world's ways, but how to live a life with Jesus and the way the Lord would direct him, because it's the better life. It's the best life. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that older men especially have a a wonderful opportunity. If they still got health, if they still got um, the ability to rationalize and think, um, then this is where they need to get out of their comfort zones and then reinvest their life into uh, those things that can develop people toward the king and the kingdom of God. And whether it's just uh, serving in any kind of capacity, a servant capacity, going out and visiting somebody who's shut in or you know somebody who is uh, in need of some sort, just getting outside of their particular self-centered Existence and moving outward to reinvest their life into others in the name of Jesus will give them the most significance of life that they could have at that point. Mm. You know, Casting Crowns, um, we saw that video a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I love that. They have a song called Only Jesus. And the the phrase that really caught me in that was, uh, it starts out saying, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if you remember me, only Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we're talking about here is um, helping guys get so centered in their life. 
like most guys, if you look at them in, in, in different ones, regions in our ministry, uh, are anointing men, men of God, mm-hmm. and helping guys understand what a man of God is and what he's not. And, and God gave me three questions to ask a guy to determine if he's a man of God or not. And the first question was, do you love Jesus Christ? He asked Peter, do you love me, Peter, three times? Mm-hmm. He didn't say, did you go to synagogue today? Have you been giving to the synagogue? Have you been serving in the synagogue? Have you been helping anybody? He said, do you love me? Mm -hmm. So we try to get people in God's presence, and that's our job. Our job is to create an environment that can get men into God's presence and women these days more than ever Mm. into God's presence. And then we know their life is going to change when they get in his presence, you know. One of Rocky's saying is proximity, you know, that changed life comes through proximity to Christ. Hmm. And uh, so the second question we ask is, um, do you find your identity in Christ? Because men find their identity, as we've already talked Mm -hmm. about, in work and hobbies and jobs and their families. Those are all good things, but they're all going to pass away. So do you find your identity in Jesus Christ? For me to live is Christ, Paul said. Hmm. And then the third thing was, do you want to spend the rest of your life learning to become just like Jesus? Mm. That's sanctification, discipleship, you know, spiritual formation, all the different words and terms today. But that's creating a journey for them. Mm -hmm. Help them get the concept, you're on a journey. That's what Rocky and I have been on together and uh, with our wives and kids. um, We've been on this journey together of intimacy with Christ, learning to become just like Jesus, what would Jesus do, all those questions. Mm. And it just hadn't been a strain. It's been something that's just come very natural. So those things have been helpful to help target men, focus men, give them something to define who they are. So you look at them and you go, man of God, and they go, absolutely, because mm. they're not confused about who they are anymore. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, and I think back kind of talking about Older men, you know, I think in, in uh, Paul's uh, admonition to the church, early church, he said, I like, I want older men to, to teach younger men. And I don't see that happening very much, you know, and I, I don't know why that is. What do you guys think? I know why. And I do think it has to do with the, 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 the intimate relationship with Christ. There's something lacking there. And, and I would encourage them to go deeply into that relationship and find. Uh, you know the heart of Jesus and walk with him and then th- th- you'll start seeing something different you know uh, Pete and I'm 74 now and Pete will be 74 next month so we're on fast tracking <laughs> uh, on up there and, uh, and and we're still we're still at it mm-hmm. but I, I remember reading in the scripture where uh, everybody else had left and uh, and and Jesus looked at the disciples and said, "Are you leaving too?" And what did Peter say? Where would we go? Where else would we go? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we're saying. Uh, where else would we go? Mm-hmm. What else would we do? Yeah, I mean, we we we've, we've we're with Jesus. Yeah, we we've learned to walk with Jesus, and it's the best walk we could ever have. I mean, and we're doing things that Jesus would have us do in His name. Mm-hmm. Well, what else? What is a better thing that we could ever do? Mm-hmm. And if it if it leads to our death, what what would be a better death? Do we want to just um, be comfortable and arrive safely at the end, mm-hmm. or do we want to give our life to a purpose that will bring Him glory while we're here? Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, this is, this is, this is, uh, honestly, this is a, the greatest reason why we get up every day. You know, I think Rocky and I uh, are busier, having more fun, seeing more fruit at this point in our lives than maybe we have any, any other time. Yeah, yeah. Well, the need is great. And the thing about it is there's a, a massive download that's happened in <clears throat> these years that when you begin to connect the dots, you can see the amazing love that has been given to us in spite of ourselves. And we see the amazing love that he gives to other people who don't know that he's there for them, that he wants them to enter into that proximity with him. And, you know, we know what it's like to, we know what it's like, and we want them to have what we're seeing. We want them to see Jesus as we're seeing him. Mm -hmm. And so that's a compelling reason why we're still on mission here. Mm -hmm. You know, when we die, it's over. We've done all we can up to that point. There's nothing more we do, I guess, in heaven. We don't have to evangelize. We don't have to disciple people there, I guess. Uh, I don't know what God's going to have us do. I don't think we'll be sitting around. I think you might be back in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we'll, have have new, we'll have aluminum bats. <laughs> <laughs> I swapped that for golf. <laughs> I know there's no cussing in heaven, so I can't be playing golf. I'll take golf. <laughs> Well, I I thank you guys both for uh, for all your ministry, and I'm the benefit of that. Well, we thank you for your ministry, Brian. Yeah, we thank you for you know making that decision to turn your life uh, about from a businessman and to leave your that uh, that comfortable area of Tulsa and your home and to basically sell out to move over here to be the be the executive director of influencers and which means you're the organizational director. you still got the spiritual leaders around you to support you and, and fan your flame and help you become the spiritual leader, but you have been an amazing organizational leader. And, uh, Amen. And we're seeing that. We appreciate Thank your you. dedication. Thank you very much. I had, a, I had some older men in my life uh, fanning my flame. So uh, yeah. anyway, thank you guys. Um, all right. Well, we want to wrap, wrap this interview up, but don't want to forget to tell you again about uh, Shepherd of the Ozarks, our uh, national summit, May 2nd through 5th, coming up in a few weeks. And uh, get registered. If, uh, if you haven't registered yet, there may, there may still be room. I'm not sure at the time this uh, broadcast goes out. But uh, there'll be 300 men from all over the country, uh, influencers who are seeking to abide in Christ, seeking to live the lives that we're, you heard talked about here today. And uh, if even if you've never been through influencers and you're just hearing this podcast, you're welcome to come and join us and check it out and see see what this is all about. But it's it's definitely a move of God, and it's helping men. It's also helping women and helping people all around the country and even in other countries. So anyway, really excited to gather in, in a few weeks. So go to our, our website, influencers.org, and find out all the information you need on that. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig. This has been the Influencers Network Podcast, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. And as Pete McKenzie says, go give them heaven. <laughs> me.